Blog Talk Radio. Welcome and who are you? I'm Fly J. That's a cool name. Where are you from? I'm from Savannah, Georgia. And how old are you? I'm 14. I'm 14? Oh, wow. Okay, and who are you here with today? I'm here with my mom. So why have you decided to come on America's Got Talent? First off, I'm a rapper. I rap. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I started off because before I was born, my father, he was a rapper. Yeah. And um, he died before I was born, so he couldn't really fulfill his dreams. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm here to do. For him. Good. And this is something which you've written yourself? Yes, I wrote it. I was scared. I was like, I don't know if I should put this out, because I don't know if they're ready yet. <laughs> well, if you feel passionate about yes. it, this is exactly what you should be doing. Yes. Okay, so good luck with rooting Thank for you. Bronx uh, is the area he's from. 
Uh, let's welcome back to the program uh, Alex Sanchez. Good evening, Alex. How are you? Jordan, how's it going? A pleasure to be here again with your guests, and uh, I'm sure we're going to have a great time tonight. Totally. We also have a CNN legal analyst, seen Saturdays, 1.30 Eastern Standard Time. He's also a defense attorney. Please welcome my pal, Richard Herman. Hi, Richard. Welcome back to the King Jordan Radio Show. The one and only King Jordan with my buddy Alex. Great show lined up. (laughs) Absolutely. So uh, today was a crazy uh, day, to say the least. Uh, More shooting, and uh, here is the story for for those of you just joining us. We have breaking news about that deadly mass shooting in a Southern California bar and country music venue. The Ventura County Sheriff says a gunman opened fire inside as it was crowded with more than 100 people, many of them college students. He killed 12 people, including a sheriff sergeant who was responding to the scene. Police found the shooter dead inside, and they reportedly have identified him. He is believed to be 29 years old, but his identity has not yet been released. The rampage took place at the Borderline Bar and Grill. That's in Thousand Oaks, about 40 miles northwest of Los Angeles. Authorities still do not have a motive for this shooting. Carter Evans is near the scene in Thousand Oaks. Carter, good morning to you. What's the latest? Well, police and sheriff's investigators have just identified the shooter. They say he is 28-year-old Ian Long. He lives in Newberry Park, uh, not too far from here, just a few minutes away. And police say they've had a few run-ins with him before, but nothing serious. Witnesses say the shooter entered when everybody was having a good time last night, dancing on the dance floor. He stormed through the door and opened fire. Police with guns drawn swarmed a bar in Thousand Oaks, California, just before midnight Wednesday as people bloody and hurt ran for their lives. Everyone was hanging out. All of a sudden, we heard a bunch of shots. The weapon was a black semi-automatic. Witnesses say the gunman shot the bouncer at the front door and then fired multiple rounds inside the borderline bar and grill, reloading and setting off smoke bombs. It's a horrific scene in there. Ben Campbell said he was dancing when he heard the gunshots and immediately hit the ground. Windows broke, I just hopped up the window and was one of the last people out. I didn't see anybody, I didn't see any guns, and then I just ran. Once safely outside, those who were uninjured hugged and cried, traumatized and worried about the others still inside. It doesn't matter what community you're in. It doesn't matter how safe your community is. It can happen anywhere. I just started hearing these big pops, pop, pop, pop. John was inside the bar near the front door with his stepdad. He said they watched the gunman shoot the bouncer and then move through the bar. I ran out the front door. I hear chairs being thrown out the window. People were trying to get out the window. And the gunman went to the, he went behind the cash register. He kept, there was probably 12 shots before I got out the front door. And he reloaded and he kept on popping them off. Tim is John's stepdad. He said he regrets not staying in the bar to help other victims. There was just young people, like young, 18, 19, 20 having a great time and this maniac came in and started shooting people for no reason at all more now about the shooter 28 year old ian long investigators say he is a former marine 
They are trying to determine a motive for this crime, but there still is none, at least just yet. He lives not far from here in a town called Newberry Park, and police are at his home right now. They were able to identify him with evidence at the scene, we understand. By the way, according to FBI data, Thousand Oaks, where we are right now, is considered the third safest city in the country. Carter, thank you. Okay, a tragic uh, story nonetheless. Let's start off with uh, Richard Herman. Uh, give me your takeaway from this story. Then we'll go to Alex. You know, it's just horrific. These kind of shootings that it seems every month or two months we see one of these shootings with an assault rifle or AR-15 or, uh, you know, bump stocks like they did in uh, Vegas. I mean, it's just when does it stop? When is there a good time to have a discussion about these weapons? These are not hunting weapons. These are weapons to kill right. human beings. That's what they are. They're war weapons. They're not hunting weapons. And, you know, it's, you look for predictors. You know, how would, could anybody have prevented this? And, and probably the answer to this and the same answer for the one in Pittsburgh is probably no. There's mental health issues that surround these cases. And, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to predict someone's going to snap like these guys do. And uh, it's mostly guys, unfortunately, not women, guys. And they go in and they massacre and they slaughter these people, these innocent people just trying to have a good time, but just trying to pray with their, their congregation. And this is what happens. They get slaughtered from mental cases. And uh, it's horrible. I mean, and this guy, he took his life. So he didn't even want to hang around for the results. He, he killed himself. Yeah, and Alex, uh, they, the defense will probably say another case of PTSD. And uh, you think it's probably <laughs> mental illness, right? Alex, uh, what's your takeaway when you heard this story? Well, there isn't going to be a trial because the uh, the gunman is dead. Right, right. Uh, right. Pretty much ends that trial and, and that issue for now, at least, regarding him. But I think the thing that stands out in my mind about this, the one significant feature, is that we've all become inured to this. It's no longer shocking. I, I was right. up this morning early and getting ready for work and drinking some coffee and turned on the TV and this news comes on and it's alarming news and it's terrible, but I no longer felt shocked. It almost felt like, oh, another one of those events. And I listened to it a little while. And then like many Americans, I'm sure, turn the channel or listen to another news event. It's become just another news event. And isn't that terrible that people yes. become numb? That's horrible. And I hate to admit that about myself, but it happened to me. And it's almost like, well, these events are going to keep happening and people are searching for answers. And you know what? There is no answer or one answer that you're going to find. It's a combination of events and as Rich said, mental illness and access to weapons and the, the culture that we live in which is a free culture where people can go where they want without 10 billion police officers checking you out wherever you go. So I'm not hopeful that this is going to come to an end anytime soon. Right. 
And uh, just for the sake well, of well, your Jordan, argument, what they're, they're going to do, Jordan, what they're going to do is they're going to comb through all his computers, all his social media accounts, all his phones. Right. They're going to check his text messages. They're going to see for signs that this was coming, you know, or maybe there's a manifesto or something he left behind. You know, they're going to look into why this guy snapped the way he did. But, you know, in the end, really, who gives a shit why? He did. He snapped and he killed these poor innocent people and he's dead. And so what are we going to do about it? Are we going to try to work on mental health issues and, and try to have doctors available for people that are suffering any forms of mental illness? Are we going to limit the availability of these um, killing weapons, these killing human being weapons, not hunting weapons? These are these are just for murdering human beings. So what do we want to do about that? Anything? Because there's never a right – the NRA, there's never the right time to discuss it. Never right after an yeah. event like this. Never a month later. Never right. three months later. Look, the, the Florida shooting wasn't the right time. Still hasn't been the right time. When is the right time? You That's know, a million dollar question. And um, yeah, you know, I'm I'm not a I don't I don't own a gun. I shot a gun once, a handgun at a carnival. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 there was yeah for a dollar. Did you, you win a stuffed animal? And, Did you win the stuffed animal? No, I didn't shoot anything. I I tried just shot it into like a target, just to see what it was <laughs> like. That was the only time I ever shot a handgun. I've shot. I did shoot some rifles for target practice. Not a big gun supporter or anything like that. But the reality is, is that you know people talk about guns. If this guy, if this guy didn't have access to guns, he'd go and make some Molotov cocktails. If he didn't make Molotov cocktails and throw them at people, he'd take a truck and ride it through the the bar. If it wasn't that, he'd go and and get some gasoline and start some fight. It's not guns in and of itself. It's the person behind it. And what we have is a sick, demented person. How do we stop that? That is the big trick. And I would say that people with mental health issues, these are the most difficult people in the world to try to help and resolve. You can never get to the bottom of the problem with these people. And I don't know Here if in New York, Alex, the bottom of the problem. We know that guns are illegal, and we all know about that famous story about the uh, football player, uh, the giant uh, football player shooting himself and spending two years uh, proceeding that. So if we make it a little harder, Bert mentioned the truck, him coming down with a truck and doing something crazy. Okay, he might have damaged some people, but I bet you we have saved some lives. If that's the route, if we don't have all these uh, big hand grenades available, big six AKA whatever type guns, uh, the availability just to make it harder on these people, I think is that everybody should be talking about. And uh, as Richard pointed out so eloquently, the time to talk about it is now. So one thing they should do, which I don't understand is that there should definitely be restrictions for people that have exhibited mental health problems. Now, in certain states, there are some restrictions. Alex, but that's so states, hard to do. That's so hard But to in do. other states, unless you've practically been institutionalized, they're not going to stop you from getting a gun. Now, I don't understand that. I don't know why any state 
would not want to impose some restrictions on people with mental health issues. It just makes no sense to me. This guy, by the way, had that gun legally. He was a, he was an ex-Marine. He had that gun legally, and at the same time, he had mental health problems. Now, he should not have had, have had access to any guns at all, but he did. I don't understand these rules or the logic behind them. It's the, lo- it's the NRA lobby. It's so powerful. They donate millions and millions of dollars to uh, uh, senators and uh, House representatives. They, they just flood them with millions of dollars, and these guys are beholden to them. They can't say no to them. And so that lobby is so strong, so powerful that, uh, you know, even when the Democrats are in, in, in power too. So you got to call it both ways. Even when. Uh, Obama was in for eight years. He did nothing on this. So it's, it's, it's just a very tough, tough lobby to break, and it's just too much money there. And, and uh, you know, they come up with these bullshit constitutional arguments. There is no, there is no valid argument that an individual needs to have an AK-47 right. in his house with, uh, you know, a magazine clip that holds 50 rounds and shoots automatic. There's no, there's no rational reason for that, okay? So they have to start with that. What do you What do you do about uh, monitoring people with mental health issues? You put like nothing. A, you're doing nothing. You know, something right. You put something around their leg so you can monitor where they are at all times by computer. Is that what you do? Do you have you know social workers and counselors and officers constantly showing up at their house to monitor what they're doing? That would be that probably would run into very serious expense after a while. You see any <laughs> system. That would be put in place to monitor people with mental health would be this gigantic, enormous bureaucracy. And you know what? A lot of people don't want to pay for that. And that's why one of the reasons we're in the situation we're in. You're 100% right. But let's go a couple of weeks back. This seems more personal. There's the clip Pittsburgh. The Tree of Life synagogue is up the street here about a block. There is still a heavy law enforcement presence here. Tonight we're uncertain whether the bodies of those who were killed remain inside. But I can tell you this about this synagogue. Three congregations celebrate their faith here. They were doing that this morning when this carnage unfolded. And in this Squirrel Hill neighborhood, a largely Jewish neighborhood, you can imagine they are devastated here tonight. And the entire city of Pittsburgh is in mourning. Shots rang out just before 10 a.m. We're under fire. We're under fire. The chaos unfolding at the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. The community ordered to shelter in place. Do not come out of your home right now. It is not safe. As many as 100 people were inside, members had gathered for the Saturday service and a baby naming ceremony. We are pinned down by gunfire. He's firing out of the front of the building with an automatic weapon. Dozens of local and state police, along with SWAT teams, rushed to the scene. The shooter was leaving the synagogue when confronted by police. He then barricaded himself inside, armed with an assault rifle and handguns. Be advised, we have a suspect negotiating surrender at this time. He surrendered an hour later. Veteran law enforcement officers shaken by what they found afterwards. It's a very horrific crime scene. It's one of the worst that I've seen. It's, it's very bad. Loved ones in disbelief, a city in shock. It's just a really surreal experience. Right? When something that we know takes place in other places that's so random and strikes so close to home, it's just horrific. Eleven dead, six injured, including four police officers. Authorities are identifying the shooter as 46-year-old Rob Bowers and say this was a hate crime. 
and members of the Tree of Life Synagogue conducting a peaceful service in their place of worship were brutally murdered by a gunman targeting them simply because of their faith. Bauer's social media rife with anti-Semitic messages. This is our community, whether you're Jewish or not, and, you know, we're all here, and hopefully there's ways we can find to support each other through this. The FBI now investigating his background and what led Bowers to attack this synagogue. Ron Mott, NBC News, Pittsburgh. All right, Richard Herbert, let me t- uh, get your takeaway. This is more of a hate crime personal. He doesn't like the Jews. What's your takeaway on this? Yeah, this is just, this is so horrific. I mean, it, it reminded me of the, the, the guy in the South who went into the uh, church prayer group and sat with them and sat there for like an hour with them as they discussed Dylan, Dylan the Bible. and Yeah, Dylan. And then all of a sudden he opened up on them, you know, and here – this guy is just an absolute animal, and he's exhibited a lot of hatred uh, prior to this. But, you know, someone exhibits prejudice, prejudice at, attitudes, you know, how are you going to say if they get a gun, they're going to go blow up a, a synagogue like that? I, I, I don't know. That's why, Alex, it's such a hard, hard call to make here. But the guy clearly was a raving lunatic, and, uh, you know, this ceremony, these, these are religious Jews. These are not, you know— these, these people go and they pray every single day, and they have to have a certain minimum number of people to even have a service. And they had people there, and they were celebrating, you know, a bris for a, a young boy, and it's a circumcision of a young boy. But it's, it's a ceremony in the Jewish religion. And so it was such a beautiful occasion with beautiful prayers and blessings. And to have this animal come in and blow these people away just because they're Jewish. You know, and, and, you know, this whole attitude in the country, this, this hatred that, that seems to be worse now than I can ever remember it in my life, and I'm an old man. I got you too, uh, Alex. I'm an old man. I, uh, I, you know, I've never seen it like this. And, and to me, okay, it may have been growing over the years, but Trump just brings it out. His, just, his, his insanity and hypocrisy and unethical behavior just brings this out and stokes it and flames the fires of division, and uh, people, you know, become emboldened by that, and they become empowered by it. You have a hate crime like this um, performed. This guy's never going to see the light of day again, and uh, he shouldn't. And, you know, if there was ever a a call for the death penalty, and we're not talking about that and the morals and ethics of that, but, you know, if it's in place in that jurisdiction, you know, it's going to be invoked because this is such – a horrible, horrible crime. Alex Sanchez, what's your takeaway on this? Well, my takeaway is that the following question should be entertained, just at least discussed, and that is whether or not people who exhibit seriously irrational behaviors, even though they may not have committed a crime, but if you are expressing you know exaggerated hatred or you're expressing some other bizarre belief that seems threatening whether or not that person should be civilly committed so they're not being committed they're not in prison for committing a crime they are basically held against their will because society believes that they're on the verge of doing something horrific and that would be a vast alteration 
in the way we do things in this country. They do that kind of with sex offenders, but that's only after they've been convicted and they've served all their time. And when they're about to get out of jail, a judge will say, well, I'm going to civilly commit you because I think you're dangerous. And they keep them in jail, even though they've served all their prison time. And I'm wondering whether or not this should apply to all these haters out there or all these people with serious mental disorders. Of course, you'd have to expand the prison system by, you know, by, by multiples. There'd have to be mm-hmm. billions and billions and billions of dollars in construction and, and correction offices and hospitals and the society ready to do that. But that's a discussion that I think is worth having at least. Yeah, and uh, there's no question about that. If, if there's something on his social media, which I think there was, Richard, they should definitely investigate it. Uh, and, uh, you know, all these crimes, there's always some kind of link, you know. And uh, we knew that he didn't like Jews, but obviously we didn't know that he was going to do this. And then Richard... Uh, you have uh, copycatters uh, right here in Brooklyn. They, they went after a synagogue. What do you think of that? Richard, are I don't you know with if us? Rich connected, but yeah, yeah. you know who could. You there, Rich? Yes, yes. Yeah, so I was saying, uh, you know, we have the copycatters. There's uh, social media. Uh, and Alex made some uh, some good points. Um, what's your uh, take from uh, what Alex is saying, and uh, you know, mental illness and whatnot? What's your what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, Alex is a hundred percent right, and it's a dilemma. These are these are crimes committed by people that are not in their right mind. And so, how does a society right. monitor these people? What rules are they put in place to prevent something like this? Would a GPS monitor, if he was going to walk in and purchase a gun, go off? Who's going to, right, who's going to monitor these things? You know, and uh, there's ways around them, and they cut these things off. And, and there's all kinds of things that can be done, and, and I just don't – nobody really has the answers to this. But it stems, it stems from two things, and we just go back to it all the time. It's, it's the mental health treatment that's available to people that are suffering mental illness in the United States is probably the lowest of, of – of, most uh, civilized countries, and uh, and next the next is the availability to acquire these killing machines. You know, you can you can get these guns at 18. You can't vote. You can't do so many. Can't drink. You can't do. But you can get these guns. They're available. Right. And uh, you know, with loads of clips and and uh, hollow point bullets and uh, handguns with that that you know easily replaceable clips on those and. And, and these guys again, it's the it's the it's the it's what's going on in this country now that stokes this and 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 makes these people you know believe that I guess it's okay it's okay to feel this way and it's okay to act on it and uh, you know when 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 the president says when these Nazis are marching and they kill people in the crowd that well on both sides you know it's 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 insanity the the world's insane right this guy's nuts. They have to get him out of office before he completely destroys this country. And uh, he he just plays to his base. He doesn't play to the United States of America. You know, he lost by three million votes, and yet he doesn't give a shit about anything 
but his 30% base and anything he can do to rile them up. And these shootings, they mean, you know, to me, I think they mean nothing to him. He shows no compassion, no sensitivity, no, you know, solemn words. I mean, every president before him would go on and, and, and make statements and you'd believe them. This guy, who knows, playing golf, who knows what he's doing, right? Getting ready to fire Mueller. That's what he's doing. That's the preparation right now. You know? So yeah. it's just, it's horrible. It's just horrible what's going on. And uh, something has to be done. And Alex, we, every time there's a shooting, people like you and me talk like this, and nothing happens. There's nothing. Nothing changed. That shooting in Florida, those poor kids in high school, what has changed since that? Nothing. I mean, it's just nothing. Connecticut. Nothing changes, and it's so frustrating, Florida, Vegas. so disappointing, so scary, very scary. You know, what did we have already? You know, I, Four I, uh, you know, I had a uh, Four shootings this year. Like, yeah, at least, at least, I had right? a uh, had a had a kid. He's a young guy who's accused of a sex offense, and he um he basically followed this woman into a hallway, completely pulled his pants down and attacked this woman. Luckily, she wrestled him and fought him, and she was able to escape. Incredibly, the whole thing's on tape, you know. So this, the case is overwhelming against him. But the prosecutor, mm-hmm. the prosecutor admitted he's got – this kid has serious problems, obviously. You know, you just send him away to jail, he'll come out, do it again. Maybe we can get him into right. a program or something like that. So I, I contact this, uh, you know, some social workers and things like that. So I want to put this guy in a program which could deal with sex offenders. And you know what the social worker told me? Social worker told me there is no such program. This is in New York City. What do you mean there is no? No, there is no such program. You get into a program for drugs. You can get into a program if you have, you know, a combination of drug problems, a mental illness problems. But if you're a sex offender, for example, and I consider that very serious, that's a very serious offense, you know, and you want to see these people somehow get treated. There's no right. programs for enter. It just tells you the priorities that exactly. the yes. and the federal government have because it's expensive and it is messy. And you have to have a whole bureaucracy, and you have to have trained people, and yeah, yeah, and there's money involved. They don't want to deal with it. So anytime no. you hear about these mass shootings or these sexual offenses and things like that, always ask yourself, what kind of mental health treatment could this person have gotten before this offense was committed? And you will, come, you will learn very quickly that the person came up against many, many obstacles to getting proper treatment, and that is a fact. Yeah, it's a sad fact indeed, and uh, it's it's terrible. We had like a at least four shootings that I think of off the top of my head, and uh, I'm thinking sure many we'll more than four, another Jordan. Yeah, yeah, there's this many year. more than four. I think this is bad. Yep, it's an epidemic. Okay, Benjamin Bradford, the attorney for Harvey Weinstein, at a press conference. Well, let's hear a little snippet of his. And I want to get you guys' take on the attorney and on the uh, case pending. So uh, my reaction uh, to what happened today is obviously this is a very positive development. 
Um, I have said from the start that it is uh, sexual assault is a serious crime, but falsely accusing someone of sexual assault is also a very serious crime. And I think uh, what will be interesting in the next couple of weeks is to see whether the district attorney's office has any interest in prosecuting Lucia Evans, who you will see from the documents released uh, has clearly, in our opinion, uh, committed perjury on several occasions. There's also an allegation that the lead detective from Special Victims Unit who handled this case um, discreetly but intentionally discouraged an independent witness from coming forward and testifying about the Lucia Evans uh, uh, perjury. Um, he is now, to my knowledge, uh, been removed from the case, but he may have uh, unfairly tainted uh, these proceedings depending on who he interviewed and what other misconduct we ultimately disclose. I know the district attorney's office, and um, based on what they said in the courtroom, is attempting um, to suggest that this is a non-event with respect to the rest of the case. Um, I beg to differ when uh, one of the principal allegations in this uh, indictment is predicated on perjured testimony. That's a very big, important uh, development. And I, I want to say something because I get these questions emailed to me, so let me say it so that you at least have it. This is not about victim shaming, and this is not about suggesting that a uh, woman who comes forward should not be believed uh, absent proof. This is about uh, proof that a witness who came forward committed perjury in the grand jury. And the district attorney's office, um, to its credit, has decided to dismiss this indictment because they discovered uh, this perjury, but they discovered it because they did their investigation after the arrest of Harvey Weinstein. And what troubles me is that when you are vilified um, in the media, as has uh, Mr. Weinstein, there is a rush to judgment, which is offensive uh, to the concept of fairness and due process. There is a rush uh, to arrest. There is pressure uh, to arrest. And what you see is what happened in this case. When you do your homework after the arrest, um, bad things uh, happen. And uh, we are pleased with this development. The case is not over, but I think it is uh, permanently um, and irreparably uh, damaged. We will seek to dismiss uh, the indictment, all of the counts, and I just want to make one other comment. Uh, the charge of rape um, that's in this case, and the only rape that Mr. Weinstein has been criminally accused of, um, that is based on a consensual relationship we maintain that lasted for many years. We provided the court with at least 40 emails from the woman who claims to have been raped to Mr. Weinstein after the alleged rape that are endearing, intimate, loving, kind, arranging to meet with him again. And the response from the district attorney's office is, we didn't have to let the grand jury know that. And by the way, there is nothing in any of the emails suggesting that a rape did not happen. Why would you have an email saying that a rape did not happen if a rape did not happen? So it's, I think, sort of a not a, a, an intelligent response from a group of really intelligent lawyers, but I think they're dancing as fast as they can. I'll take a couple of questions. Okay, let's go to Richard first. Uh, first, Richard, give me your thoughts on uh, his attorney, Benjamin Brockert, and the, uh, your thoughts on Harvey Weinstein. 
Okay. I, ben Brothman is uh, <clears throat> a fabulous criminal defense attorney in New York, has been for many, many years. Yep. Um, I know him. Yep. I've done cases with him. He's very, very good. And, uh, you know, he doesn't leave any stones unturned. And, and he's a bright guy, and he's being paid a lot of money. They have a big team working for uh, Mr. Weinstein on this. And unfortunately for these victims who are, you know, coming out now and not years and years and years ago, and, 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 and you know, the culture in Hollywood is such that, you know, promises are being made for movie roles and there's a quid pro quo. If you want that, you're going to do this. Now, the, you know, the defense there in these cases is the door was always open. They could have left. They could have walked out at any time. They didn't. They came. Some of them were repeat people who kept coming back to him based on his promises of, you know, stardom or whatever he was promising. Because he's a pig. I mean, let's face it. He's an animal. So, uh, but this is the culture in Hollywood. And, and, you know, these women get caught up in it. And I'm saying women, and I'm sure there are men also. But I'm just saying the Me Too movement has – he is the Me Too movement, this guy. I mean – you know him and uh, and Cosby. I mean, this is this is what it is, and it's very hard as a defense attorney to go in this environment and and try one of these cases because you know. And, and Alex and I fight this every single day. Whenever there's an indictment, there's the thought process that you know the person's guilty. How can they not be guilty? The government indicted them, and you know, in in the federal cases, you're looking at 95% conviction rates, and most of those are plea deals, and and they do their homework. The FBI does their homework before you get indicted federally. And on the state level, you know, Brothman's right. A lot of times there's too much political pressure put on the district attorneys uh, in, in the various uh, counties and to bring prosecutions. And sometimes they bring them when they're not prepared or they didn't do all their homework, unlike the federal system. And uh, you have, there's gaps and there's problems and there's infighting between law enforcement and the district attorney's office. And all that does is provide such great ammunition for the defense. You know, it really does. And, uh, you know, if, if any of these women were attacked, you know, sexually assaulted by this animal, it's horrible. I mean, and I'm saying animal, and he's, he's innocent until proven guilty, and I'm a defense attorney, so I understand that. But, uh, you know, when there's, when there's one or two or three or four or 20 or 30 or 40, you know, it becomes a pattern. It, it's not, like, coincidental. So the guy was up to stuff going on and, and, and he was making promises and these women were believing him. And so they were putting out for him and, you know, that's not rape. I mean, that is not non-consensual sexual intercourse is rape. Consensual is a complete defense to rape. And that's what Rothman's saying. And that's what happened. And, and, you know, they're looking at the forensics, they're looking at the email, you know, um, streams both before and after these events. And, and it's a very strong defense case. And I always said it from the beginning, and everyone was screaming and yelling, oh, this is uh, oh, a slam dunk. Slam. It's not slam dunk. This is a defensible case for Weinstein. And, uh, and just to let you know, I was involved. I, I, I was speaking with their counsel in California. They were putting together a team, and, and uh, he couldn't afford me, so he went to Brofman. So uh, that's okay, too, because Ben is a great <laughs> attorney. And, uh, and, 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 you know, Again, he's going to, like, like Alex, you know, leave no stone unturned. And, uh, you know, they're going to get, you know, sometimes there becomes a win-at-all-costs attitude in law enforcement and the district attorney's office, not a search for the truth, as it should be. Sometimes it's win-at-all-costs, and that means 
coloring witness testimony, maybe hiding some evidence, maybe, uh, you know, tailoring it in a certain way, whatever, whatever. And he's making a lot of allegations here, Brockman. I don't know if it's true or not, but if this comes up in a trial, it's going to be real hard for a jury to convict beyond a reasonable doubt if all these, these uh, you know, bombs are out there. So in the end, um, I, I, there are some cases I think that just might stick. And I know there's a civil case against him with this sex trafficking lawsuit, which so far the, yes. the trial courts have ignored the federal statute or the intent of the federal statute and taken, in my opinion, a really uh, liberal interpretation to allow one person to be uh, the victim in a sex trafficking statute. Uh, but in any event, that's civil. It's money. He couldn't care less about money, Harvey Weinstein. He doesn't want to go to prison. This point. That's what it's all about, and that's these criminal cases. Oh. Okay, Alex, what's your view on this whole thing? So Rich, Rich used the term uh, about uh, about the defense lawyer that he leaves no Benjamin stone Rothman. But yep. I'm wondering, I'm wondering whether or not he turned over too many stones too early in this case. See, this guy was indicted for committing a few different sexual crimes against people, different women. And Ben Brothman was very aggressive about trying to uncover information, whether it was emails or old text messages or any information he had. And this is what defense attorneys do quite often. If they find some information that you believe is very positive in your favor, you're going to present that to the district attorney. And once you present that to the district attorney, hopefully they will look at it and review it and say, you know what, there's some merit to this. We're going to investigate this further. And in fact, that is most likely what happened, that Ben Brothman had access to some information, a telephone logs, whatever it was, and presented it to the district attorney and was able to convince the district attorney that, that one of those witnesses was not credible and got that charge dismissed. I'm wondering whether or not that was the right strategy. You see, if I was in Ben Brockman's shoes, I would have allowed the case to proceed to trial. Why? Because once we're at trial, then I would have exposed that woman in open court as being a liar mm. and that detective as being a liar. And once you destroy one person in a case and one detective in a case, it casts aspersions on the entire case. Absolutely. I'm wondering whether or not he acted a little bit too precipitously and too aggressively in providing this information to the district attorney when he did, when he should have waited for trial purposes and then destroyed the entire case. I think he's going to make a motion, Alex. That's why. He's getting ready to make a motion to dismiss. Yeah, I'm sure he's going I to do that's that. Why. But if he fails, then he's back at the trial stage yeah. again, right? And, yeah. Anyway, and, that's uh, my take. But, you know, lawyers, by the way, uh, you know, Every lawyer has their own strategy. You know, there, there is the practicing criminal defense lawyer law is not mathematics. Everybody has their own view on how things should proceed through the system. That's my view. Right. Would you do a press conference after like that, uh, Alex? The press conference, I think, was positive because I think the district attorney is playing games. I've seen them. To me, remember that case with that um, that foreign president? What the hell from France who basically in raped France, that yeah, in the hotel room with the maid? With, yeah, what yeah, was it? Strauss Kahn. Yeah. He comes to the United yeah. States 
forces a maid to perform oral sex on him. This guy's a maniac. This guy had violated other women in France. He's a sick individual. Well, that district attorney in Manhattan, as far as I'm concerned, is about as corrupt and morally bankrupt as you can get because he came up with this garbage reason and a completely nonsense reason why Strauss conscious should not be prosecuted. And they, and they basically dismissed all the charges against him. If you are a person of influence, if you are a person of money, if you are a person that has uh, a lot of friends in high places, you're walking out of that place, and that's all there is to it. And Weinstein, who was under the radar in the past, he walked out of there too, except finally things got so hot he couldn't turn his back at this point. That's the deal with that prosecutor. So if if there is some way of exposing that prosecutor for being the, the corrupt, you know, incompetent individual that he is, I'm all for it. Also, right. Jordan, just know there are cases there. Jordan, there are cases in California. I think there's a case in uh, France, maybe London. There, there are other cases against Weinstein. But uh, Alex is right. The uh, the New York District Attorney's Office seems to have bundled this, this bundled this case really bad, and uh, it seems like it's 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 you know a stone going down a hill right now fast. So and they got the wrong guy on the other side with Brofman because he is going to jump on everything. And uh, uh, Alex, you said that Bill Cosby, uh, despite how you felt about him, uh, you stand by uh, that he still shouldn't have been charged, right? Yeah, Bill Cosby. But that was political. All political. That's all there is to it. The man's a monster. When you listen to all these women, I have a a scintilla of doubt that the man is guilty, but I think that the appeals court should overturn his verdict because I'm not interested in in manipulating the criminal justice system. And that's what they did here. He made a deal with the prosecution. And the deal was, I will make certain statements, admitting certain things. You're not going to use that against me, and she's going to get money. They made a deal. And sealed. Many sealed. years later, the, t- the district attorney turns around and says, no, there was no deal. And you get some corrupt judge over there who says, oh, no, there was no deal because it wasn't written on paper. Bull. A district attorney makes a deal. A deal's a deal. And subsequent DAs are bound by that deal. And I don't like the game playing. I don't go for that. And even though I hate Bill Cosby and I think he's a disgrace as a person, I want that case overturned on a matter of principle. And you know, Jordan, people lose sight of the fact that in these criminal cases, you know, if 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 the government is corrupt, if if the prosecution team is corrupt, if the investigators are corrupt, you know, based on the federal sentencing guidelines, you know, that's like murder. That's like attempted murder on someone. You know, you got a guy forty, right. fifty, sixty years old. They can be looking at twenty, thirty years in prison, and it's a real. 20, 30 years. It's not like, you know, do a 50% and get out. Federal time is, you know, 85% or rat. I mean, those are your choices. And uh, Bill Cosby doesn't have anything to talk about anybody. And this case was done. Alex is right. This was a sealed record, court ordered sealed, deal was made. And this new district attorney runs on the platform, I'm going to prosecute Bill Cosby. I mean, that's not what politics is about. I mean, the court system operates separately, it's supposed to. And uh, then you had Gloria Allred crying. Yeah. Oh, look, I can't stand (laughs) her. But if you want a a lesson in constitutional crisis, it's coming. It's coming with Mueller. It's coming. 
I mean, the guy that he he put in as attorney general is is a mental case. This guy's a pundit. You know, he's on he's on CNN protecting Trump every time. That's his position. He protects Trump and bad mouths Mueller and says it's a witch hunt. He said it over and over again. He wrote an editorial to CNN that it's a complete witch hunt and Mueller should be shut down. So they bypass Rosenstein, who normally would be the one to become the acting attorney general. He's the deputy. When the attorney general goes, the deputy steps up. That's how it's been the last 40 years. Oh, except for Richard Nixon. He's the one that did something different. Well, Trump also now has done something different. You know how Nixon ended up. And so Trump, you know, this is just more obstruction. It's just, it's never going to end. It just continues with this guy. And, uh, you know, the new attorney general, he's going to fire Mueller. You know he's going to do it. You know it's coming. Trump can't wait. And I'm surprised he hasn't done it already. But any day now, Mueller's going to get fired. And speaking of Trump, uh, let's stay on that, Richard. Uh, You had some uh, stuff that you wanted to get off your chest that you started on. Uh, so let's hear uh, what else you have to say about Mr. Uh, Donald J. Uh, Trump. Well, it's just it's, it's, an, it's, it's humiliating. It's an embarrassment. He's ignorant. He's stupid, and uh, he does no homework. He doesn't listen to anybody. You know, he doesn't listen. All he listens to is Fox News. You know, which is entertainment, so not down. news. And and, right. and 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 Hannity. You know, and I mean, it's it, it's. It, it, it's this is this is our government. This is uh, the rule of law controls this country. And if you want to make a mockery of it, because this guy has already said, oh, I will not allow any subpoenas on Trump. He's already said this from the Justice Department. So this guy, this was a handpicked guy by Trump to be attorney general, like the like the Supreme Court justice that Trump put up. Kavanaugh was another Trump guy. These are Trump loyalists. These are people that owe favors to Trump, and they owe payback to Trump, and that's what he wants. Loyalty. Remember what Comey? Will you be loyal to me? That's all he gives a shit about is loyalty. He doesn't care about anything else. And what's going on now, this is setting up for an enormous constitutional crisis. So when, when the president says, by executive order, I and I myself can modify the United States Constitution, there's no constitutional process. I can do it. I can change any amendment I want to whatever I want it to be. This guy's nuts. He's crazy. And I don't know who's advising him or what lawyers are advising him, but you know, he's getting very, very bad advice. And, uh, and, and this Mueller thing, Alex, I'm telling you, this is really, really bad, this Mueller thing now. Alex, you know, you stand uh, with uh, our president, Donald J. Trump. One thing, we're just listening to Richard, and you know, I'm beginning to get the feeling that, that Rich doesn't have particularly high, a very high opinion. <laughs> I'm not on you know, I'm, I'm Somehow, I'm, I'm beginning to get that sneaky feeling about him. Donald Trump. It's quite possible. <laughs> you know, Donald Trump is from New York, and I'm from New York, so I've been around Donald Trump a long time. I've known right. people. All three of us are from New York, I, but. I, I've known people that have worked with him, and um, mm-hmm. I've known people that know his kids and things like that. And my problem with Donald That's Trump right. is that he's there's something in the personality, in the psychological makeup, that I find very troubling. You know, this man, uh, there's a, a complete lack of ability on his part to concede he's ever made any kind of mistake. That's dangerous. 
you made a mistake or you committed some offense against somebody and you can't admit it, that represents a lack of growth and maturity. And he seems to have the maturity like a person that is like almost like a teenager. And he hasn't grown out of that. And, you know, he's been protected his whole life and he doesn't he doesn't represent this country adequately. He really doesn't. I want somebody in positions of power, even even if I don't agree with them politically or socially, but I want to be able to respect right. them. I want some who's in a position of authority to represent our country in an honorable way. Yeah, I don't have to agree with them in any, but be honorable. Be decent. But it's crazy. Don't Before he was president, him. he wasn't Street so thugs, hated you know. by so many people. If you remember before he was president, he, there wasn't this onslaught of people, uh, and we have Ice Cube that just made a song, Arrest the President, that comes out tomorrow. Uh, we have Eminem, him, we have all kinds of people hating him. But if you remember a couple of years, five, six years ago, uh, he wasn't such a hated man in certain parts of the world, uh, which seems to be great, right? Before he became president, this is when the uh, onslaught of the hatred of uh, Donald Trump began. Well, you can't tell 10 lies a day every single day that you're in office and expect anyone to have respect for you. So when you start lying and they ask him about that, he says, well, I, I don't want to lie. I, I want to tell the truth. You know, that's his response. I mean, I, 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 have, I don't believe anything that, that comes out of this guy's mouth, nothing, or Sarah Sanders or anybody speaking on behalf of the White House. That's all they do is lie. The key word is hypocrisy. That's how they operate. And uh, it's just they're liars, they're frauds, con men, and, uh, you know, how's that that new tax bill working out for, you know, 98% of the uh, citizens of the United States? How's how's the wall doing? Doing really good, huh? The big wall, the great wall, the no wall we need, you know? And and to rush rush Mueller and say how outrageous – look what they did to Hillary Clinton in Benghazi. Look what they did to this poor woman in Benghazi. And, 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 but, you know, and Mueller, and how many people have been convicted and going to prison uh, surrounding Trump on all this shit? But yet Hillary Clinton, Benghazi have 8,000 here, and Trey Gowdy, another freak, have 8,000, you know, sessions with her and have her testify under oath without taking the fifth one time, you know, and, 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 and reopen investigations and reopen them on Benghazi. You know, give me a break. Again, the hypocrisy, if you listen to this Lindsey Graham, they, they take recordings from him from a year ago, and then they take them now. I mean, these people have lost their mind, this term limit. After eight years, the dinosaurs must go. There's so much young, intelligent talent in this country. Let them come in and work for the country and not to be holding to, be holding to new elections and having to kiss ass like that. Do something for this country, you know, not for your party. You know, that's John Kennedy, you know. Do it for the country, for America. Put the party aside. And the Republicans have lost their way, and uh, they got a beatdown in the House, and, and I think it's only going to get worse. And uh, I just don't know who the Democrats are going to put up. Biden, Kamala Harris, I, I don't know if that's a winning ticket. But, you know, people went it in the voting booth the other day and just – people went in and just went Democrat all the way. They didn't, they didn't even look. They see who the people are, just Democrat all the way as a you know, revulsion to Trump. So – you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, this guy is Three really. Three years will we be sitting here with him as president? I don't, I don't know. No, no, I Rich. think he's going to get arrested. Yeah. Rich, I mean, he's going to get arrested. 
Rich, I think they're going to arrest you, him. I think he's going to get arrested. Rich, are you suggesting that Trump is beyond redemption? Is that what you're doing? Yes. 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 <laughs> Leopard can't change his spots. He's been too privileged <laughs> and too spoiled his whole life. And he's just, he thinks it's bonfire to vanities. You know, it's Tom Wolf. It's the master of the universe. I can do no, Alex, we see this in all these fraud cases. These guys, they start off slow. They start, you know, stealing and making a lot of money. And then they think that they're untouchable. And then it then they keeps going, and then they never fix the holes. They never put money back, and then it gets sloppy. And the next thing you know, they're under indictment. And, then, and, and this guy is just completely out of control. He's out of control. There's never been a president like this. And when they study his presidency, this is going to be quite a harsh lesson. And, uh, I, 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 you know, I, I, I think that uh, – well, I think that the New York State Attorney General is going to uh, indict him uh, for state crimes. And I think that uh, – I, I, I don't think the future looks very good for him. So uh, let's see what happens here. But I think Mueller's going to get fired very soon. This whole thing with Trump reminds me of just a Twilight Zone episode the other exactly. day where a guy was on a foreign planet with a whole bunch of people waiting for some piece, some, for, for a spaceship to come and save him. And he was controlling everybody on the planet. And he became like a god. He was the highest officer there, but he became like a god. And Trump, he's, if nobody stops him, legally, of course, he's just going to think, and his head is going to get bigger and bigger. And he, he, he is beginning to think he's some type of a god. But hopefully, there's going to be an election. He can only be president for a maximum of eight years. Can't be a president longer <laughs> than that. So his his time is numbered. You know, one thing no not according no, to him, one Alex, thing, not according to him. He wants to one thing nobody's too. talking about, and which they should mention, is people should say, "Let me tell you something, Mr. President. You are going to be you're not going to be the president after six years. From six years from today, you're not going to be the president. So there may be some crimes that may be uncovered after that." that you could be prosecuted for, and you will not be able to do anything about that. So the time to get your act together is now, because when later on comes and somebody else is in power, you may be finished. Great point. And uh, one last thing about the president. Uh, well, it's not really about him. Richard, what's your take on uh, Kanye West uh, sort of leaning side by side with Trump? And you see Trump laughing you know, at him at the same time. I'm I'm sorry. I'm 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 an old school guy. You know, I'm old school. Earth, wind, and fire. You know, Gap Band, Cool in the Gang. You know, these are these are musicians, really old people that had a lot of respect Dang. for the Spinners, the Gap Band, Stylistics. I mean, uh, Funkadelic, George Clinton, Flashlight. Come on, I, you know all this. These people. I, what Kanye West thinks and what he does is so irrelevant to me. I care more about the piece of dirt I'm going to step on when I walk than I do about Kanye West. I think the guy's completely lost his mind. He's uh, look, he married a Kardashian, so that kind of says it all right there. But he's he's lost his mind. This poor guy. He I guess he has some talent. People see talent in him. I don't. But you know, I'm not a maven in, in music and rap music or whatever. But although I knew a lot of rap guys, but uh, I just 
I, 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 uh, I don't. Who cares what Kanye West really? In the state of affairs in this country, who gives a shit what Kanye West thinks or what he <laughs> likes or what his position is on anything? He went to the White House. He sat there and kissed Trump's ass. I want to vomit. So please, I, who cares about <laughs> Kanye Trump West? Trump was laughing at him. Come on. If you notice, Trump laughs at him Come while on. he was doing that whole spiel. Yeah. But uh, let's just go on to El Chapo. Extra NYPD officers and U.S. Marshals outside of the Brooklyn Federal Courthouse were inside. Notorious drug kingpin Joaquin El Chapo Guzman awaits jury selection for his trial. The level of security for the man who escaped Mexican prison twice is unprecedented. This morning before dawn, our Mobile 2 camera was there as the internationally infamous 61-year-old was driven in a heavily armed motorcade from a Manhattan correction facility to Brooklyn, shutting down part of the Brooklyn Bridge on his way to federal court. The judge in this case is trying to assure that extreme measures are being taken to protect jurors as well. In an order issued in February, U.S. District Judge Brian Cogan said that the jurors will remain anonymous and partially sequestered. Their names, addresses, and places of employment will be kept confidential. They will also be transported to and from the courthouse by armed federal marshals. Guzman's lawyers fought to prevent an anonymous jury, arguing that the lengths taken to protect them may prejudice jurors. Guzman has pleaded not guilty to the charges he's facing, including international drug trafficking, kidnapping, money laundering, and murder. And it's expected to take a few days for the jurors to be selected in this case. Opening statement scheduled to begin on November 14th. If convicted, Guzman faces up to life in prison. We're live this afternoon outside of federal court in downtown Brooklyn. Janelle Burrell, CBS 2 News. All right, Alex Sanchez, let me start with you first. Uh, let's talk about uh, your quantum El Chapo and uh, your thoughts on his uh, upcoming trial. You know, I'm, I'm saying to myself, I wonder what the defense is going to be here. There was the uh, – so I was reading up on what their lawyers might argue, and what I read was like, you know, absurd almost. The lawyers are going to argue that his role in this giant enterprise was less than what the government is saying. So instead of him being the number one guy, he's what, the number five guy? I don't care if he was the number 30, 40 guy. Right. If he gets convicted, right. so, he's not seeing the right. light of day. But you know what I hope happens? First of all, I'd like to see him escape from jail. I'd like to see that from federal That's custody. Not I mean, that would be, that would be right. fantastic, wouldn't it? That would be, I mean, just throw everything in a, in a complete circus, you know. But that would be very entertaining. That's not have, likely. That's that not to, likely to happen. Have, but it, no. But it, in terms of the trial, I mean, the government is coming in. They've got, it's got about 20 lawyers. They got about 20 FBI agents. They're taking all these measures. You know, when I see the government bending over backwards to prosecute somebody. When they use all these enormous resources, and I want to see them lose. I don't want to see them win. I want to see them get beaten. So first, I want to see them escape, and then I want to see them get acquitted of all charges. That being Alex, said, you lay, that you, Alex, Alex got to lay off the wine there tonight. He's sitting yeah, the wine, or he's sitting some sad. scotch or bourbon. Yeah, he's doing something over there. But listen, in the Bronx, that baby, said the Bronx. he's going to prison for the rest of his life. <laughs> Listen, this guy, 
guy, yeah, because this guy, the is, government, he, he's in the shoe. He's in the shoe. You don't yeah, even know what finished. the shoe is, Jordan. You can't yeah. get oh, I know. even as his lawyer. <laughs> you can't. It's so hard to get near this guy as his lawyer. Let alone he's not going anywhere. Number one. Number two. You know, he, his lawyer made a point, and 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 these jurors are scared to death because they think this guy's going to come chop their heads off because of all the stories you heard about him or heard about him. And no, I don't blame him. And so when the juries come in and the judge says, "You've not heard, read, or seen anything about this case outside the courtroom," and of course they say, "Oh no, judge, we don't even know who this guy is." That's bullshit. They know who he is. They're scared to death. They don't want to get their heads chopped off, and uh, they're scared. And that that lays, you know, maybe uh, maybe a juror is going to be scared to convict them. I don't know, Alex. Maybe you're going to get that wish. Maybe someone is going to, you know, be scared of this guy because the evidence is going to be overwhelming on him. And uh, you know, if, whether he's like Alex said, if he's not the top guy or the top five, if he's the twentieth guy. Under the federal sentencing guidelines, you know, so he's looking at 200 years in prison instead of 500. You know, I mean, it's it's that bad. So this guy is. They closed a Brooklyn Bridge the other day. I mean, it's insane yeah. what's going on with this guy. But uh, look, it'll he's be never going to see and, the light uh, of day. No, he wants to hug his wife in the courtroom. So you're waiting for the judge to make that decision. If they're going to let him hug his wife, and uh, but he's he's going to get no uh, no privileges and where he is. Uh, Jordan, Alex will tell you, it is the, the tightest of conditions in the federal system in New York, which you can possibly be. And uh, he's going he's going from his little cell, his bed, to the courtroom and back daily. And uh, he's this man's in a world of trouble, and, uh, you know, rightfully so. I mean, from what I heard and what I've read, you know, the case is pretty overwhelming. But if Alex would come to one of my trials, he might see the government lose, and that'll be an exciting thing when they lose. So that's good. <laughs> hey, let me know when you're on trial. I'll be happy to come and watch. <laughs> All right, my brother. My brother. <laughs> yes, and uh, as we speak, uh, uh, Richard, they have a hashtag protect Mueller. Mueller, I guess his name is. Nobody is above the yes. law. So that is trending right now. Uh, look, it's, it's so true, but I'm telling you, Jordan, in Portland, you in a week, he'll be done. A week will not go by. Mueller's going to get fired. That's the only reason Trump waited to the midterms. He is never going to allow this Democratic House of Representatives to get, take their seats and have all that subpoena power and be able to go crazy on him. He's going to end Mueller now, and that's his mission. That was his, that was his plan. It's so transparent. It's more obstruction, and it's coming, and they're going to do it, and you know, he's going to go to the Supreme Court. And there's going to be swing votes, and Kavanaugh is going to swing for Trump, and maybe Kavanaugh will get indicted next. Who knows? But uh, there's, uh, you know, this is a we're in a world of shit right now. This country, uh, our legal system is is becoming a sham. And uh, let's, let's this is a pundit. This is a guy that's a pundit, a TV talk show pundit, who he installed as attorney general. And who is he looking to put in after this interim period expires? Chris Christie or, uh, or the, the governor from the, the attorney Giuliani. general. No, no, the attorney, no, the attorney general from Florida, the girl that did Fox News all the time. She also was a pundit oh, for Fox uh, News. She's a friend of mine, actually. No, no, no. She's the attorney general for the state of Florida right now. Pam Bondi. Pam Bondi. So she was oh, a okay. uh, pundit for Fox all those years. So it's, like, it's between Pam Bondi. And uh, Jersey Boy for uh, Attorney General. Let's get this uh, call in. 
We have yeah. uh sure. I think this is Mary. Let's bring in Mary to the show. Uh hi Mary. Is this you? Hi. Hi Jordan. Hi Alex. Hi. How are you? Hi Richard. Hi, hi. Richard, I love you. Mary. Are you are you having Trump invade your sleep and keep you up all night? <laughs> <laughs> Mary Mary. Listen. I just wanted to Mary. say something. I'm not going to talk about Trump or anything else. I want to just address the gun violence situation. I think whoever finds an answer would win the Peace, Nobel Peace, Peace Prize for the next 50 years or 100 years. But it's just, it's impossible because there are so many different things. It's the guns, like you all were saying, the types of guns, some guns should never be in the hands of the people. I agree with Richard there. There are guns of war, and there shouldn't be in the hands of the people. And then you've got, like Alex said, the mental health issue, mental illness, a lack of treatment and oversight. There is no money. There, that item is the lowest on the totem pole as far as getting budget money. And then you've got, I'm going to say this, and you guys are defense attorneys, but the lack of proper punishment for those who are caught in a mass shooting, endless delays through the justice system, endless plea deals. It seems like the defendant's rights trump the victim's rights in a lot of cases. That's how lay people feel about some of this stuff. I have a group of 1,500 people in in a um, Facebook trials group, and we always feel that way. But you guys got to do what you guys got to do. And, yeah. So that's my thought. And one thing I do want to say is if we're going to talk about integrity in the Oval Office, what about Clinton getting BJs from a subordinate in the Oval Office? What about integrity or lack of there? That's Mm. all I'm going to say. I love you guys. I love to talk to you guys. I'm glad I came on. (laughs) Have a great evening. Enjoy your fun. Thank you. Mary. I'm here, Jordan. I'm here. Yes, Thank Richard, you, Mary. Let's, let's, let's hear your takeaway. Thanks for the call, Mary. Uh, first, Richard, then we'll go over to Alex for response from what Mary said. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the gun violence is out of control in this country. It's just out of control. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about it and uh, on your show, and, and uh, someone's got to wake up. Someone's got to take the lead on this and have enough political juice to do something about it and uh, availability of guns. Those are the two issues that I'll address this and hopefully make it better. But again, it's that random person that just looks like everything is going along nice in life. And then one day they just load up those weapons and go for it. And how are you going to predict, how are you going to predict that? How are you going to stop that? I don't know. Alex. Well, you know, I did want to comment on something that Mary brought up. She talked about Clinton you know, having sex in the Oval Office. You know, and, you know, if you're going to stand for something, if you're going to say that, you know, my opponents, if you're going to criticize your opponents and say that they are acting unethical or immoral, then, you know, you need to have a clean house yourself. You know, if there's something among the Democrats, for example, if there's some unethical politicians in that group or somebody's doing something improper, they need to be held accountable. They really do, because you can't criticize your opponent. 
You're not standing on very solid ground. If you yourself, your party, or people in your party are engaged in some questionable, unethical, or immoral behavior. So, you know, I'm a great believer in consistency, you know. And if you want to be able to, to stand the high moral ground, then you better get your act together, you know, and start cleaning house amongst yourself first so that when you criticize your opponents, people will say that person has standing to criticize their opponents. And unfortunately, the reality is that many people in the Democratic Party, you know, they, they lost a lot of that standing. I want to see them get it back. But I don't think they're really trying hard enough right now. Thanks a lot, uh, Alex. Thanks a lot, Richard. And uh, Richard, they'll see campaigns continue to you Saturday afternoon at one thirty Eastern on the CNN network, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How Every Saturday, which Fred you on this January right. is going to be eighteen years, Alex. I mean, we did Nancy Grace in the beginning, but I'm eighteen wow. years. With Frederica Winfield every week on CNN. Yeah. 18 years. Some great clips with Alex. And, and you do And Richard fighting with Nancy. Both of you is going head to head with Nancy. Some of the classics uh, of YouTube. <laughs> had a lot of fun uh, it's great being on the show. And it's great being yeah. with you and great being with Richard, my old friend. And uh, I look forward to coming back again, and I, I, I enjoy it. Let's not make it this long again, Jordan. Let's put us together sooner so we can talk about things because there's a lot going to be yeah. happening. And uh, Alex Hashtag is a great lawyer. Oh, yeah. Great, great lawyer, people. You need a great lawyer in New York. You got Alex Nancy. Superstar. Thank Jordan, you much. When are you going on Good night, TV, man. Jordan? You need your TV show, brother. You need your TV show. You're due. Okay. We're getting there soon. We're getting there soon. Okay. I appreciate the uh, endorsement. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. We'll speak soon. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. All right, guys. God bless you. Take care. Well. Okay. All right. And thank you, Alex. Uh, you haven't been on in a while, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. So uh, uh, thanks again. Uh, and what is your website? So uh, just the right person. Again. They are in trouble. AlexanderSanchez.com. Alexander Sanchez talk down just the way it sounds. And uh all the info is up there. And uh you know, on those YouTubes, uh like I was talking about, uh that one with uh, the drunk uh, person there where he's accused of raping the girl and well the, that's yeah. not the point. The but the, uh, yeah, yeah, the the way you yeah. and Nancy go back is uh quite Quite to the entertaining uh, uh, part. Uh, I'm not here to hurt the uh, person uh, that's been raped, accused of rape, or whatever. I'm just saying the part with uh, you and Nancy is classic, to say the least. <laughs> so it was check that out. <laughs> okay, Rich. I, uh, okay, Alex. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Good night, buddy. Bye bye. Okay. So, uh, before I give some shout outs, there was a story that I didn't get to cover. Uh is a Saint Paul man, uh Fox uh Minnesota reporting. Uh a Saint Paul man raped a four year old girl and gave her gonorrhea. That's right. Um if you Google it you'll find it. 
a St. Paul, Minnesota man accused of raping his girlfriend's four-year-old daughter and giving her gonorrhea. Uh, Gutierrez, uh, 35, charged with first degree and sex, uh, second degree criminal sexual conduct with a victim under 13. Uh, this allegedly happened on October 28th. It's disgusting, and uh, believe me, he will not be a uh, he will not be a friendly face in the in the jail cell. So about those uh, shoutouts, uh, let's. Uh, Let's go do that right now. And uh, okay, uh, we had Mary Wainwright who checked in. Let's uh, give her a shout out. Madeline Stewart, uh, Sharon Deborah, Mary Russo, uh, Sarah Kardashian, Lisa W., Doreen, uh, Laureen, uh, let's see, uh, Nancy Worcester, Pager, Scotty, Kim. Vicky, Marilyn, Allison, Sim, Patty, Kay, Alan, uh, Warren, Sharon, Moan, Sharon Cohen, Adele, Mary B, Sue, uh, Rob, Solomon, and Harley D.D. So uh, after a, a tragic day, there's only one thing to do, and that's smile. Here is a Throwback Thursday. Michael Jackson's, well, it's not Charlie Chaplin originally, but uh, Michael Jackson saying it also, he covered the smile. I think it's appropriate for tonight. Good night, everybody. We'll speak next time here on King Jordan Radio.
you